Welcome to another edition of the Flathead Beacon Podcast. I'm your host, Micah Drew, recording from the beautiful Flathead Valley. It's Friday, June 9th. Next week, Helena, Montana is going to be ground zero for climate change activists and reporters. A lawsuit held v. Montana goes to trial on Monday, and in the suit, 16 young Montanans allege that the state government has implemented and overseen policies that violate their right to a clean and healthful environment, a provision provided for in the Montana Constitution when it was ratified back in 1972. The lawsuit specifically names two statutes that are actively adding greenhouse gas emissions to the atmosphere, aggravating the effects of climate change, and threatening the used way of life. I've been reporting on this lawsuit for a few months, and today I sat down with Flathead Beacon Editor-in-Chief Kellen Brown to talk about what I've learned. Before we get to that chat, however, a quick reminder that this podcast is sponsored in part by members of the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. Members support all of our journalism in all of its forms, and they do so for as little as $5 per month. Plus, we have a new website with some brand new perks, so to find out more or join today, visit beaconeditorsclub.com. Micah, you have been spearheading coverage of this lawsuit that's made a lot of national news lately, and that uh, the trial actually starts next week. Held versus Montana. Um, why don't you first uh, tell us exactly what this lawsuit is about? Yeah, so this is a we ca- we call it a constitutional climate change lawsuit. It's definitely making headlines nationally because there's. There's 50 similar suits uh, with these youth plaintiffs across the country, but this is the first to to go to trial. So that makes it pretty unique. And what this case is, is there's 16 youth plaintiffs that are suing the state of Montana, basically alleging that some of their policies around the fossil fuel industry are unconstitutional. And there's a provision in our state constitution that guarantees the right to a clean and healthful environment. And so they're using that. And, and their attorneys are saying, hey, some of the, the permitting decisions you've made, some of these policies you have that uh, really emphasize the, the fossil fuel industry, these are running counter to this constitutional right to our clean and healthful environment, and you should probably stop what you're doing. So that's kind of how this came about. And the first question a lot of our listeners will probably have is, why Montana? Why is Montana's constitution, state constitution is what we're talking about here, mm-hmm different than others for it to get all the way to trial first. Yeah, so it's the Constitution was rewritten in 1972 here in Montana, and it kind of came during this wave of of environmental movement in the 70s, kind of a national movement. But specifically in Montana, they they gathered in Helena. There were 100 delegates that uh, were mostly just ordinary people. None of them were politicians or anything. And they came together to rewrite the Constitution. And when they were doing that, they decided that one of the most important things to being a Montanan, to living out here is the state, its natural beauty, our resources, our mountains, our national parks. That was really key to, to living in Montana. And so in our constitution, they added this right to a clean and healthful environment. And this language shows up in two different places in the constitution, shows up in our, our Bill of Rights saying that it's an inalienable right. 
that you have the right to a clean and healthful environment. Same way you have, you know, a right to life and liberty and property, that kind of language we see in, in other Bill of Rights. And then there's another section uh, where it states specifically that the state and each person shall maintain and improve a clean and healthful environment. So really, it's directing, you know, you and me, but also the state legislature, also our state agencies to maintain and improve, you know, do do something to make the environment better than it was and, and certainly not allow it to be degraded. And so this is is really what this lawsuit is is built on is that these plaintiffs are saying, hey, there's a lot of things that you're doing that are running counter to this uh, constitutional right. And because we're one of the states that has this very unique provision, that's what's allowed this to go all the way to trial, because this is a, a something that's been interpreted through the courts. And there was some baggage, though, too, when these delegates got together of you know, the Copper Kings industry uh, kind of running roughshod over the state. And I mean, look at the Berkeley pit mm-hmm. outside of Butte. Uh, there were a lot of issues with some of these big industries uh, just pillaging the natural resources of Montana unchecked. Yeah, it's one of those things where you can see, I mean, Montana was built into a, an economic powerhouse on these extraction industries, specifically copper and, and in Butte. And uh, there was not a lot of emphasis by by the people in charge. Uh, there wasn't a lot of emphasis on, you know, cleaning up after themselves. It's kind of just like, you know, you go, you make dinner, and then you leave the dishes on, on the kitchen for, for whoever's going to come by in the morning. So they really wanted to make sure there were things in place uh, legally in, in the Constitution to prevent that from happening, to, to make sure there isn't another Berkeley pit or anything like that. There's actually, there's one part from the Constitutional Convention. We have very thorough transcripts. There was a delegate from here in the Flathead uh, who said that he was concerned about the environment because he was hanging out in Ashley Creek, just outside of Kalispell, and he uh, saw a dead fish floating down the creek. And he said, we should maybe do something about the environment before we see dead fish floating down our creek. And that was actually cited throughout the interpretation of this clean and healthful environment uh, statute as it's come up in the courts before is like, hey, the, the delegates clearly wanted this to be something that happens before the environment kind of goes by the wayside. So tell me a little more about who these plaintiffs are. Yeah, so there's 16 youth plaintiffs that come from all across the state of Montana. Ricky Held is the oldest. She was 18 when the suit was filed in 2020, and it's her name that's attached to the lawsuit. Uh, Plaintiffs also, there's a couple from Bozeman, a couple from Missoula, from the Helena area, and then we have five from our region. There's one from Polson, one uh, from the Flathead Reservation, uh, and then a couple from here in Kalispell and Big Fork. Um, They range from ages five to 22 at this point. I mean, the lawsuit was filed three years ago, but so they've aged a little bit, but all of them for the most part are in their teens. Most of them are. um, And a lot of them have grown up seeing some of these effects of of climate change from dealing with wildfires, from dealing with flooding. Some of them uh, grew up in farming communities and and on ranches and and saw, you know, changes to their communities and, and their businesses there. And so they're the ones that are bringing this lawsuit, but uh, certainly they're not going to be the ones tackling the legal arguments. They do have a very strong group of attorneys um, from a a law firm here in Kalispell, another one in Helena, and then another one from from Oregon. Um, And those three law firms are all going to be arguing for the plaintiffs. And the state has tried to get this thrown out um, 
multiple times in, yes. mu- in multiple <laughs> ways. Uh, and it did succeed in narrowing the scope, but the last ditch effort to have the Supreme court step in and, uh, toss this suit, uh, it failed. So it is going to trial next week. Mm-hmm. And what do you think the state's defense will be? Well, the state, like you said, they've, they've tried to toss the lawsuit eight times. I believe Monday was the eighth time they tried to get rid of it. Um, and a lot of those dismissals have been on, on procedural grounds of like, Hey, the, the legislature got rid of one of the statutes. The plaintiffs were, were complaining about. So there's no point in having a trial. It's gone. Even if you'd said it's unconstitutional, it's, it's gone. So that was what helped narrow the scope and, and was how they tried to dismiss it earlier. Now, though, the arguments are uh, more about the fact that the remaining statute that's being challenged is a it's what's called the climate change exception to MEPA, our Montana Environmental Act policy. And it says that if you're doing an environmental review uh, of like a power plant or a coal mine, you can't consider the impacts of of climate change, can't consider greenhouse gas emissions. The plaintiffs say this is unconstitutional, but the state is arguing that, hey, this is not like a regulatory law. Like this doesn't really have any any teeth. And even if you got rid of that, it doesn't fundamentally change how the state goes about the permitting process. Um, and it doesn't really change how the state's policies around energy are implemented. So part of their argument is that there's really no there's no relief in this in this lawsuit. Like there's nothing that the plaintiffs can get out of it. Um, that's a big part. And then they also have a couple, uh, experts on their witness list who will probably argue that climate change is, it's not as much of a man-made issue as, as, uh, the scientific consensus agrees it is, um, that, you know, maybe there's more to just a natural fluctuation and in the way the, the global climate operates and, and the amount of greenhouse gases that Montana produces is so small on a global scale that like we can't really be held responsible for for climate change so shutting down montana would not make a difference uh, on the global scale Um, those are some of the arguments that they'll probably be bringing up but there's no monetary that there's no there's no money like these what what involved i guess at stake they're, they're not suing for any kind of monetary damages what they are really asking for is that the the one of the lead counsel for the plaintiffs told me that they're basically they want the judge to say hey the current state of affairs is unconstitutional and we need to change something it's just how that changing something is kind of where it gets iffy and, on and that will, will almost happen. certainly be appealed to if that happens to the state supreme court and nope. then appealed again if the state supreme court upholds that ruling yes it is likely that this will just stay as a courtroom battle for years years uh both sides absolutely will appeal it to the state supreme court immediately and you head over there to helena next week and you'll be providing updates throughout the week yes it's a two-week uh bench trial which means there's no jury they're just arguing before a judge judge kathy seeley of the district court there and starting on monday i'll be in the courtroom five days a week for two weeks and uh, we'll listen to the arguments play out and, and see how it goes. And we've been covering this along uh, with collaborating with Montana free press. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a grant from MIT for some of the coverage you have uh, done uh, the most of the work. And then a few other reporters have chipped in, but if people want to see that they can go to um, what we've written about this case so far, 
you can go to mtclimatecase.com. Sorry, mtclimatecase.flatheadbeacon.com. It's easier just to go to <laughs> flatheadbeacon.com and click on the link to month MT Climate Case. And you can <laughs> and you can find all of our coverage there. Um, some interesting stuff, some profiles of young people, why they got involved. Uh, I really thought the piece on kind of the Constitution coming together in 1972, why the environment was such a focus, uh, was really interesting to me. Uh, because I mean, it kind of explains well why Montana. Yeah. Um. Uh. I, I thought you touched on a lot of that, so that, it, it's worth reading. And then, um, you know, keep us up. Uh, keep going to flatedbeacon.com throughout the week for updates. Uh, anything else you want to add on this case, Micah? I think that's the main thing. Uh, yeah. Mtclimatecase.flatedbeacon.com. Pretty comprehensive background. There's a lot of words on that website, but uh, <laughs> they give you a good idea of what's going on. There is. You've done a great job in this. I know it's kind of consumed your world for the last (laughs) month or so. So nice work. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens. I look forward to uh, following your stories. Keep you updated. All right. Thanks, Micah. project on the held v state of montana lawsuit can be viewed online at mtclimatecase.flatheadbeacon.com the project was produced by the flathead beacon newsroom in collaboration with the montana free press and is supported by the mit environmental solutions initiative journalism fellowship updates from the trial will be posted to that website as well as to flatheadbeacon.com and i'll also be tweeting as much as possible so if social media is your thing you can follow me there. Now, here's a quick roundup of news from the week. The Kalispell City Council on June 5th unanimously approved an emergency ordinance designed to conserve water during peak summer months. As the city continues to temporarily operate with one less water source while the North Main Well is under construction. The city adopted the same emergency ordinance last year. Initially, this ordinance will educate residents and encourage voluntary water conservation, It will be separated into three stages based on water supply and demand over the summer. In stage one, city officials will communicate with city's top irrigation users to encourage conservation, and so groups like Parks and Rec will reduce their irrigation use over the summer. If water demand becomes untenable, the city will enter stage two, which will impose mandatory water reduction measures and will likely require designating specific watering days and specific hours. On Wednesday morning, a raft guide was injured in an encounter with a black bear along the Middle Fork Flathead River near Nyack, according to Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Around 6 a.m., the commercial rafting company was on a guided overnight trip with two guides and three clients when a bear entered camp. The victim, an adult female guide, reported she was sleeping outside on the ground when she sustained injuries from what officials believe was a black bear. The victim was treated for non-life-threatening injuries at Logan Health. And finally, officials with Waterton Lakes National Parks in Alberta, Canada, and Glacier National Park announced that this year, pedestrian and watercraft cross-border travel between the two parks will open for the summer season. The Goat Haunt area of Glacier National Park, a remote backcountry outpost on the southern end of Upper Waterton Lake, has not been open since 2018, but will resume operations on June 24th. The area can only be reached by watercraft or hiking trails, and Glacier Park will begin interpretive programs the week of June 25th, as well as hosting international Peace Park hikes that will be co-led 
with a Parks Canada interpreter and a National Park Service interpretive ranger beginning June 30th and going through September. This week, the Flathead Beacon Newsroom also wrapped up production and layout on the summer issue of Flathead Living Magazine and sent it off to the printer. So in a few short weeks, you'll see our flagship print product out on stands throughout the valley, and I have to say, it might be our best magazine yet. That's it for today. As always, stay up to date on the latest local news online at flatheadbeacon.com and by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This episode of the Flathead Beacon podcast was co-hosted by Kellen Brown, and it was edited, mixed, and produced by me, Micah Drew. Music in this episode includes songs by local Flathead Valley artist, Mike Murray. That's our show for the week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.